We're back with a fresh and new episode of the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. When you're here with us, it's important that you know that you can always expect content that lifts up the name of Jesus and the cross. These will be told through messages and conversations that are powerful, dynamic, and encouraging. A new resource that we want you to know about is our 24-7 helpline. No matter where you find yourself, if you just need someone to talk to, to pray with you, and to believe God for you in whatever that difficult season of life looks like, we want you to know that we're here for you. And if you know someone who maybe needs help because of addiction, you can give them the same number and we can help them begin their new life. That number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that's 888-520-0620. This week, we'll be featuring a devotional that our very own Executive Director Ron Brown shared with his leadership team. Our theme this year for Teen Challenge of Southern California is always pray. Thanks for tuning in this week. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, it's not too late. Listen in and be blessed today. I want to share just a, a little bit on, on the theme of prayer uh, this morning uh, as a devotional before we get into the business of uh, all the stuff that we have to cover on the agenda. Without prayer, um, everything in our kingdom work will become very mechanical and stale, and we will no longer operate from revelation, but we'll begin to operate from experience and knowledge no matter how limited it is. Uh, sometimes we think we know more than we really do, um, but prayer keeps us on the cutting edge of walking in revelation. Where there's no revelation, there's no life. Um, there's a perception of faith, and then there's a reality of faith. Um, the reality of faith is hidden in the heart of God. And that reality is brought out when we plumb the depths of prayer with the Holy Spirit leading us. Otherwise, we begin to live our lives on perceptions that are based on circumstances that many times are constricting and very limiting, and it really does not uh, comport itself to what is really true uh, in the reality of faith that is in God's purview. Um, Proverbs 29.18 says, where there's no vision, where there's no prophetic revelation, that people will cast off their restraint. And what we do is when we cast off our restraint, when we don't have revelation, then our kingdom work becomes a job rather than a calling. When our kingdom work becomes a job, we are no longer conduits for God's glory to come into the earth. You know, when we pray, when Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, um, that, that, that kingdom will of God comes through obedient vessels who are living and walking in the spirit. And so if you don't want your calling to become a job, then you must be a person of prayer who works um, and, and really lives and performs your a response to God out of an understanding that comes from the Spirit and not out of your skills. Uh, our skills and our talents will never be enough for us to be able to fulfill God's will. Uh, working from and, and serving out our calling from prophetic revelation keeps us sharp. It keeps us focused, keeps us filled, keeps us refreshed. It keeps us in step with God and out of step with the world and with sin. 
the world and, and the, the spirit of the world, the spirit of this age and sin comes in when we're no longer walking in revelation and we're only walking in our own strength. The issues of our days really seldom change. It's pretty much the same stuff every day that we get up. We're dealing with some issue on the, uh, uh, on the agenda that has to be fulfilled, whether it's cooking a meal for the students and staff or doing a chapel service or teaching a Bible study or teaching a class or getting ready to do a Zoom or getting ready to, for some event such as the pastor's conference and all the different stuff. All of our, our stuff pretty much is routine. It seldom changes. But how we stay focused in the routines of living uh, and, and fulfilling our call, it has to come through worship and prayer that gives us revelation so that we can fulfill the will of God. When we stop operating in the realm of the Holy Spirit, we are left with our own imagination, which if not renewed, will bring strongholds and bondage. That's what happens when Paul's talked about in 2 Corinthians 10, that we're to cast down imaginations and every vain imagination and, and, and those strongholds that come. If we're not refreshed and if we're not operating in the realm of the Spirit, those imaginations will come uh, and will either resurrect old patterns of bondage and strongholds or will bring new patterns of bondage and strongholds. Uh, Psalm 50, verse 23 says, the one who offers thanksgiving and praise as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show them the salvation of God. The King James Version says, to one who orders his conversation aright. Uh, I, I, like the, I like that one in, in King James because the way we speak, our self-talk is very important because your way will become what your conversation is. And so I don't think those translations are incongruent when it says the one who orders his way rightly or the one who orders his conversation rightly will experience God's salvation because they're, they're one in the same. So whatever you begin to speak in faith is what your life will become. Proverbs puts it this way, that we're to guard our heart with all diligence because out of our heart flows the issues of our lives. So our heart is where our self-talk is, and that's where our lives are ordered from. And so when we have our, our lives and our conversation ordered right, then we will see God's salvation. We will see his power. We will see his deliverance. We will see his victory. We will see his glory. And that's what we need, especially in the ministry of teen challenges. We need to see the glory of God because without that, nobody is transformed. We don't have the ability to shake the demon of drugs addiction from anybody's life. We have no power, no authority to do that on our own. If it's not God's salvation that is shown to us, then woe be us who are trying to do this work of ministry because it is absolutely impossible without the, the help of the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24 says, And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours." Here, Jesus, in speaking of faith and speaking of prayer, he blends those two together, that there is a conversation that is involved um, in 
faith. Um, I think about the woman who had the issue of blood. She was talking to herself as she was moving towards the salvation. She ordered her conversation aright, and she saw the salvation of the Lord, which brought healing to her body. I think about blind Bartimaeus as he cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. His words and his conversation uh, invoked that faith that Paul says is in our hearts and, in, in, and also in our mouth. This is the faith that we live by. I think about the Roman centurion that says, you know, you don't even need to come to my house, just speak the word. There was a conversation that he had with Jesus. The conversation releases the power of faith in our lives. I think about the lepers who wanted to be cleansed. They came and they engaged, they had a conversation with Jesus. The woman who was bowed low for 18 years, Jesus saw her. And he spoke to her and he said to her, you are free. I'm going to set you free. The conversation is extremely important. And that's really what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation. So if your faith is not working well, you might want to check your prayer life because that conversation is what activates the spirit of faith in our lives. Faith is a dialogue between two parties, God and what does he say? He tells us what his will is, what <laughs> according to his words, um, and God's actions, that he is part of this dialogue. The other party in the conversation, of course, is you and I, and how we respond to what he says. Sometimes we give mental assent to what he says. Sometimes we doubt what he says. Sometimes we obey what he says. Sometimes we want to change what he says and make it fit our circumstance. But when we take him at his word and our conversation is ordered aright, in other words, we are in agreement with what he says, then we will see the mountain taken up and thrown into the sea. Faith is not a creed, it's not a doctrinal position, it's not some membership that you have at a local church or some ministry, but faith is really the dialogue that you have going on in your heart all the time between you and the Lord. So there are some assumptions behind this relationship and this dialogue that we have. First of all, God is real. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. Um, and that God communicates to us his will through the Bible, through the word. So stay in the word of God and let that word of, the, of God to you from the scriptures be the conversation that you have with yourself. Let it be the conversation that you have with your circumstances. Let it be the conversation that you have with the devil or demonic spirits, anything that come against you. Let your conversation be what God has spoken in his word, and then you will have all of the power and the force of heaven backing you up so that your faith will be dynamic. Your faith will have a breakthrough. You will be able to see the answers to prayer. We have to make some decisions when we understand what God has spoken. Will I agree with it? Will I accept it? Will I allow God's word to become real in my life? Or will I just uh, continue to live out of my own experience and not live out of the revelation that comes from hearing God's voice? Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When God's word is breathed and, and, it, and is breathed back to us through the Holy Spirit, that's when it takes on the dynamic of power. That's why a lot of people can read the Bible and they're still going to go straight to hell 
because they did not have anything breathe into their spirit. They were just reading to mentally assent or to try to get understanding on their own. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelation, when we ask the Holy Spirit to shine the light, when we ask the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual understanding, then we are able to plumb the depths of the reality of what God is speaking. And so there's a lot of people who study the Bible just to try to find errors in it. Um, there are people who have doctorate degrees in institutions across this nation and across this world, and they rip the Bible to shreds. They're not looking for revelation. They're not looking for faith to be activated in their lives. They're looking to cause trouble. They're looking to try to steal the faith out of your heart and my heart and other unsuspecting people who are listening to their rhetoric. But when we read the word of God, we read it from a place and from a point of asking God to give to us insight and revelation for living, for life, and for obedience so that we can please the one who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Now, everybody kind of, and I'll close with this, everybody kind of hits this trajectory based on their own dynamic of their own experience. And I'll give you two examples, Abraham and Sarah. Okay, Abraham, of course, you know, he's called the father of faith, and he he believed the promises of God, uh, and they were accounted to him as righteousness. In other words, that, that was the salvation that, that God brought to him because he believed the promises that God made to him in prayer. Now, Sarah, in her experience of faith, um, it was a little different because when she heard that she was going to have a child, she had to believe for a direct physical intervention in her body because she knew that her womb was dead. Um, Abraham's faith was kind of from the outside, if you would, but her faith had to be from the inside out. So she approached this circumstance from a different standpoint than Abraham did. Abraham just believed, well, God said it, and I believe the promises. Let's go make it happen. But Sarah was like, wait a minute. It's going to require some real miracles up in here. For, for this to happen for me uh, to have a child. And so when people are approaching God in their own circumstances, know that they're coming from different places. They have a different experience. They have a different focal point. They have a different view of the mountain, if you will. When Jesus said, you speak to this mountain, they're looking at the mountain from a different perspective. And so everyone can't approach it the same way that you do. And so you have to recognize that the Holy Spirit has to give to each one of us a measure of faith so that we can step into the impossible from the place that God is inviting us to step into that place of impossibility. So in some ways, I think that Sarah's faith was actually stronger <laughs> than Abraham's because she had to have a real strong faith to believe that God could restore all the mechanisms for her to be able to have a child. And Abraham, he was not encumbered with that because that was not his role. And so she had, that's why I believe she's in the hallmark of the hall of fame of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, because she believed she did something else. She laughed. <laughs> she laughed. She's like, okay, this is like, really, I'm going to have a child. She laughed. Now, there are two ways you can look at laughter. Laughter, you can laugh as a mockery, or you can laugh because of joy. I don't believe that Sarah was mocking the word of God, but she was laughing because she's like, 
what joy that would be for me to be able to have a child, but this is impossible. Her laughter of joy brought the miracle of transformation, the miracle of regeneration, the miracle of a, a, a progressive coming forth and coming alive that she never thought she would experience in her life. Sometimes we need to just laugh. Like God, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> You're gonna do what? <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, that's too marvelous for me to believe. So I erupt in laughter. It's like, <laughs> really, God, you're gonna do that? Yes, laugh. The laughter of joy, not of mockery, but of joy to believe that God could choose me, that he could choose you to be a part of his amazing kingdom and to do his amazing work. So whatever vantage point you're looking at the mountain from today, whether it's Abraham's vantage point, where I just believe God, let it be counted to me, let's go make it happen. Or if you're at Sarah saying, okay, hold up here, there's going to take some real doing for this to happen. Let's step back from the mountain, look to God, and offer up to him some joy and laughter that he has chosen us to be a part of this impossible thing of preaching the gospel in all the world as a witness before he comes. God has called us. He has chosen us. The vision has not changed. Our mission has not changed. It's the same day after day after day. But we need to laugh and say, Holy Spirit, come. Because if you can use me to teach this class to have a breakthrough in these students' lives today, only you can do that. <laughs> because I ain't feeling it, <laughs> but you said to go teach, so I'm gonna open up the Bible, I'm gonna go teach it. So come on, I'm just laughing today because God, you're gonna to touch somebody's heart and it's gonna be your miracle. The mountain is gonna move, the scales are gonna fall away, their eyes will be open, their heart will be enlightened, understanding will come to them, and you use me and you know how broken I am, <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Let joy and laughter fill the house of God as we join with our sister Sarah and say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. May we have adventures in faith. May we laugh, not at the mountain, not at the circumstance, but at the audacity of God's faith to believe that he can do a miracle in us, through us, and with us. Wow, God, you are amazing. <laughs> Once again, thank you for choosing our podcast today. We hope that you're comforted, encouraged, and strengthened in the Lord today because of it. Don't forget to subscribe, though. It's easy. Just go to wherever you're listening right now and click subscribe. God bless you today.